the other day I did a Bible study on the earth dwellers and I basically concluded uh, that they're not human, that these are part human hybrid beings. In Revelation we're told twice that their names were never written in the book of life. Now we know that there are people who have their names written in the book of life and by the way the book of life is a reference back to first mention. This is the book of the generations of mankind found in Genesis chapter 5. The earth dwellers never had their name in the book. And what that means is they're probably not human. In fact, they aren't human. So if you're interested in looking at the bigger Bible study for that, I'll leave a link for that below. Um, and it's uh, the name of the video, I think, is Hybrids Among Us. After that, I did another video on the return of the ancient gods. And that has to do with the entities who are in the bottomless pit who are going to be um, allowed to come on earth. And that's sort of the return of the gods. So once I did those two videos and I had my aha moment about the earth dwellers, I realized that I kind of needed to go back now and find all the places in Revelation that talks about the earth dwellers, those who dwell on earth and uh, similar phrases and see if there's any Thing that I missed <laughs> because once you get a new piece of information now you have to reevaluate the things that you believed before and how that new piece of information applies to everything else so we're going to be looking at that today and I think it's going to be very enlightening so before we do our kind of deep dive into the, the other facts about the earth dwellers from the book of Revelation I want to go into who the true humans are. We'll look at those people here in just a minute. So when we're studying the book of Revelation, uh, we can fall into one of two errors. One is to take everything in the book very, very literally. Okay, very literally. <laughs> like when you look at the beings that come up out of the bottomless pit, even though we're told that these are angels and they're in the pit and other places in scripture tell us that it's the angels, the sons of God who mated with human women who are in the pit. We know that they're angels and yet people will read the description and it talks about them having faces like men and hair like women and breastplates of iron and tails and stingers in their tails and so on and they will immediately take all that literally even though we know for example that when Jesus is uh, referred to in Revelation 5 he is a lamb with seven horns and seven eyes okay we know Jesus doesn't have seven horns and seven eyes he doesn't those are symbolic so when we get to Revelation 9 and we're talking about this description of these beings from the bottomless pit what we're looking at are attributes or a description of things that describe their character that describe their power and other other things about them not what they look like okay so this is something that people who are very literal in in that sense want to actually see all these beings as being literal but we know that we can't do that we we you know it's satan doesn't have seven heads and ten horns and a tail and you know all of that that isn't what he looks like those are symbols that are used to describe certain things about him and about his son who looks like him about seven kings and about ten other kings okay all of those are used symbolically so we know that Satan doesn't have all those things it's they're just symbols right okay so one um, error we can make is actually taking the symbols and treating them literally the other error we make is not being literal enough so when Revelation describes people humanity for example it's going to use a lot of different words, those that dwell on earth, earth dwellers, um, man, mankind, people, nations, tribes, tongues, okay, kings, all of those. 
Every one of those actually means something. Okay, it's meant to be taken literally. So the um, man or mankind is actually referring to descendants of Adam, um, his children, his offspring, people who are made in the image of God. The earth dwellers are something different. And when we follow that word earth dwellers or those who dwell on earth and so on through the book of Revelation, we're actually talking about a group of hybrids. They're not real human people. Their names were never written in the book of humanity from the foundation of the world. When we see other groups of people, for instance, people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, we know that some of those people get saved. They are among the fifth seal martyrs. The uh, 24 elders in Revelation uh, chapter 5 pray for them, people from all the tribes, tongues, people, and nations. We know that people from the nations are going to go into the kingdom of Christ during the millennial reign. So what we're looking at here, it, it's literal, okay? Literal people who dwell on earth, which doesn't mean every single person who dwells on earth, but this class of beings. So what I want to do before we actually get into the earth dwellers and all the verses that go along with them and the, thing, the things that they can expect or that we can expect will be uh, directed toward them in particular, I want to look at humanity, okay? The actual people whose names are written in the book of life. People, some of whom will be believers, some of them will be unbelievers or non-believers, and uh, some of them will be from the Jews. And I just want to uh, talk about these groups of people real quick, and then we'll get into the earth dwellers. So I do have show notes for you today, and all of this is listed in the in the show notes, and I'll leave a link for that in the description uh, below this video. So I've divided the groups of real people, real humans, into um, basically three different groups here. So we have believers are in this group. We have people from Israel or people who are Jews, and there'll be some overlap here in this group. And then we have the way Revelation describes humanity in general over here. Okay, and I, I may have missed a couple of them here. Um, Uh, I think we need to put kings in here too. And then there's also phrases like the great men of the earth and so on. But those are all, you know, part of men or mankind. So there's um, there's additional smaller words like in Revelation 18, the merchants of the earth and so on. Okay, so as far as believers go, uh, the, the first group of believers that I want to mention here are the 24 elders. Again, this is not a literal number, okay? Numbers in Revelation are mostly symbolic. So I've done videos on the number 24, its symbolic usage and so on. Basically, it refers to um, priests and other people who will be serving Christ during the Millennial Kingdom. Uh, first uh, Chronicles chapter 24 and I think a couple of the other chapters that follow 26 maybe and 27 use the number 24 as well only it will be maybe like 24,000 it's not um, 24 it's a multiple of 24 times a thousand or so on and it refers to Solomon's temple and Solomon's temple is actually a type of the millennial reign of Christ. So the 24 elders are people who are gonna be kings and priests and judges during the millennial reign of Christ and actually we'll start our service to Christ in the heavenly throne room by interceding and praying for the other people um, who are gonna to come to Christ uh, on the earth once we're gone. So this group of elders are firstborn and we read about them in Revelation chapter 12 verses 5 where we, it talks about a man-child who is going to rule all nations with a rod of iron and of course that's Christ and its believers who are also firstborn sons and remember we've all been um, uh, given the right or privilege to uh, be a part of that group, but there are qualifications for that. And I have a video where I've talked about that. Actually, a couple of them. I'll leave links for those below as well. But the, the man-child is the child who's going to rule. And then it says that the child 
the technon is caught up to God into his throne. This is the word snatched out, okay? And a lot of people want to say, well, Jesus is that man-child who was caught up to God into his throne. Um, he wasn't, okay? Jesus is not that uh, child who's caught up to God into his throne. Jesus never had to be snatched to heaven in order to escape being devoured by the dragon. Not when he ascended into heaven, not ever. That never happened to Jesus. But the, uh, the sign of the dragon is what we're looking for because firstborn sons of God are going to be caught up to God and to his throne. That's the first rapture. Uh, after we're gone, we'll pass the baton to the 144,000 of Israel. They too will be raptured uh, before the hour of trial that comes on the whole earth. And we're going to uh, look at that in just a minute too. Uh, that will be before the abomination of desolation. Okay, And then there are these other offspring. The woman has other offspring that the dragon is going to try to devour. Those are believers who will be on earth during the reign of the beast and they too will be raptured according to Revelation 14 14 and Revelation 15 2 and following they're the ones who don't take the mark of the beast don't worship the image of the beast and so on and uh, all the all the verses for that are in this the show notes okay so get a copy of these if you're interested in who these believers are and when the, their rapture is and what the verses are that go with that and then we have martyrs, the fifth seal martyrs. They're the martyrs of the harlot, particularly during that 10 days of persecution referred to in Revelation chapter 2 in the letter to the church of Smyrna. They're going to be killed um, under the auspices of the harlot, but by the earth dwellers. Okay, the hybrids are going to be after them. We'll look at that in a minute too. Uh, then after the beast begins to reign, there will be people who will be beheaded, believers who will be beheaded by the beast. They also will rule and reign with Christ. And by the way, all of these believers, whether you're a tribulation saint or you're just um, you know somebody who's going to be raptured, they're all part of the body of Christ and all will be a part of the New Jerusalem uh, after the millennium. Okay, and then we have a, a group that's known as the servants, prophets, and saints, and they're resurrected at the seventh trumpet. And of course, we've got the two witnesses. They're also believers. Okay, so now we've got a group of people that are of their Jews or of Israel. When the Gospel of John talks about the Jews, uh, it's always in a disparaging way. The, the leaders of the Jews or the feasts of the Jews. It refers to Jewish people who um, are basically locked into Jewish tradition. Okay, and they're, they're going to oppose the 144,000 who are real believers in Jesus. And the letters to the seven churches are basically written to the 144,000 of Israel. And there's, uh, if you're interested in seeing how I get there, I have videos on that as well. The two witnesses, they're Moses and Elijah. They're obviously from Israel. And then, of course, we have the remnant of Israel. That's the woman who's going to flee into the wilderness for 1,260 days. All right, now we have humanity. These are people made in the image of God. And they're in Revelation, they're called man or mankind. And this is from uh, Strong's 444, from the word anthropos, which is the equivalent of the Hebrew word Adam or Adam. These are people whose names are in the book of life, man or mankind. If you see that word, that's what we're talking about. And then uh, Revelation uses the word people. That's uh, number 2992, laos. It's the root word for laity. And this is uh, just refers to people, and in particular, it often means the people of the Lord, whether it's the uh, believers or uh, uh, people who are Jewish or of Israel. And then we have the word tribe, uh, number 5443, uh, from phio, meaning to generate, a common ancestry that people can trace their uh, genealogy back to. And then we have the word tongue, which is uh, number 1100, glossa. This refers to languages of, of a nation, and often nations were described using uh, what kind of language they spoke. And then we have the word nations, which is the number 1484, which is ethnos, where we get our word ethnic or ethnicity. 
And this has to do with people's cultures and they have a common culture. Okay, so these are groups and there is a destiny for every one of these groups, okay? Some of them are together, people's tribes, tongues, and nations, okay, is a group of humanity. And then there are these other groups and they all have something that's said about them as a group and who makes up that group. So, you know, it's easy to, um, when we uh, read through the book of Revelation, to just sort of have our eyes glass over and not realize that we're, we're talking about specific groups of people who have a role to play, they have action in the book, they have a destiny, and it isn't the same as everybody else's. Now we're gonna look at the hybrid earth dwellers, all right? And so, like I said, once I realized that we're dealing with um, individuals who are not human, and again, I refer you back to my video on hybrids among us, how I arrived at that interpretation. <laughs> I realized I needed to go back now through the book of Revelation and see all the other places where that phrase earth dwellers is used. And actually we can get a more focus now on things that are happening in the book and who they're happening to. The earth dwellers are not just regular people. And when the, the book of Revelation talks about all who dwell on earth, it's not talking about all of these people. It's talking about a certain group of people, particularly the hybrids, okay? And who are the hybrids? Well, there are people who try to pass off as human, um, whether they are uh, descended from uh, certain bloodlines that are, you know, rulers and movers and shakers, and um, they view themselves as being different from the rest of us, or whether we're talking about, you know, some kind of, you know, I, I, I almost just hate to say this because it makes me seem like a crazy person, but um, I'm going to say it because this is just where we've come in all of this. You know, if you're an alien, uh, human, hybrid, or you have um, some other um, lineage that does not take you back to the image of God. In other words, you're not a human. Could be a clone, could be, um, you know, a super soldier. Um, and and I, I just want to interject something right here. Uh, it's kind of about me uh, personally. I, I'm kind of a normal person, but I'm a very open person to... Um, learning things. I like learning things. And a few years ago, actually is this over 10 years ago now, maybe about 10 years ago, I had a, a winter, actually a couple of them, where my knee was bothering me. And so I had to spend a lot of time on the couch just with my knee up. Or I was, I was sick and I, I had, um, either a fever or there, or something. I, there was something that I was sick. But I wasn't sick enough where I couldn't like binge watch videos, okay? And even with my knee up, as long as I had my knee on the couch, I just, you know, I, I had to do something. So I'm binge watching these videos. At the time, I was particularly watching videos that talk about kind of the dark side here. Conspiracy theories of, of all kinds. So if people mention, you know, hey, have you heard about this in the comments section? Well, chances are I did because I was binge watching, you know, like uh, 10 years ago or so. And uh, so I'm familiar with most of the, you know, conspiracy type stuff that's out there. And I wasn't sure what to do with it all. I, but I have the ability to just take in information and just sort of hold it there and just let it be there. And I, I don't really have to do anything with it. Um, I, it's just there. It's just information. And at the time I was thinking, gee, why am I, um, why am I watching all these really dark videos and, you know, all this stuff about, you know, dark things. And, um, there was a part of me that went, you know, this is like kind of creepy stuff. Why, why am I even interested in this? But I realize now that I had to know some of that. I had to know it. I had to understand that there is a very dark world out there. 
that the world that we're being presented, our sort of 50s and 60s Ozzy and Harriet thing, our you know, leave it to beaver world is not real. That's not the real world. And the, the, the reality of the world that we're living is actually coming to the surface now. It's being revealed. It's being manifested. And if I hadn't gone through that phase that I was in, where I got a, a really good sort of overview of the dark side, I would not believe the things that I'm seeing now in Revelation. I just wouldn't believe it. I would not believe it at all. But because I've had, I had a little crash course there in the dark side, I, uh, I have a better understanding of what's, what I'm seeing in Revelation. And here is where a lot of people will just go, you know, Brenda, <laughs> I really liked what you were doing up until now. I just can't hear any more of this. This is just too weird for me. And I get it. And you don't have to watch this anymore. But for those of you who are brave and are willing to maybe look at some things that you haven't wanted to look at, I hope you'll finish the video. And I, I think you'll be very encouraged, actually, because God is um, God is showing us ahead of time what's going to happen, because once this gets sprung on us, most people are, are going to be totally shocked. And believers should not be surprised, because God's going to tell us ahead of time the things that are coming so that we can be aware. All right, so that's the end of that. Let's talk about earth dwellers. The appellation or the name earth dwellers, it's not a generic term that refers to all people who live on earth. This name represents a specific race or possibly even races of non-human entities who desire to pass themselves off as human. And they are a group that will be destroyed and judged when Christ returns. These earth dwellers are a kind of hybrid Nephilim type. Okay, in Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, talk about the Nephilim. These are the giants. These are the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men prior to the flood. There's a reason for all the myths that are out there, the Greek and Roman and, you know, South American, all these myths about giants and gods and demigods, it's because these things go back to some kind of reality prior to the flood. There's a reason why the bones of giants have been sequestered, okay, so that people won't know that there's been other non-human races of beings on the earth. This is hidden history. There's a lot of hidden history, and I don't want to get into hidden history in particular. What I just want to say is that the Bible is very clear about the fact that there are these beings out there. They, they exist. This is an invasive species. They are not human, um, and through the years, they've altered and changed how they present themselves, so they, they're not giants anymore but they are particular bloodlines, if you will, as well as other kinds of beings. So the uh, Hebrew translation of the Old Testament into Greek is called the Septuagint. And in the Septuagint, when they wanted to translate the, the word Nephilim, they actually translated it as earthborn, earthborn. So the Greek translation of the Old Testament, where it talks about the Nephilim, the giants, the hybrids, when a New Testament writer was reading scriptures, chances are they were reading it in the Septuagint. And now when you see that word earthborn and you compare it with earth dweller in the New Testament book of Revelation, we're talking about basically the same thing. These are hybrids. So the very first passage that talks about the, the earth dwellers is actually in Revelation 3.10. Okay, and this is the, in the letter to the Church of Philadelphia. And this is a very famous verse. They use it, but they don't know what it means. Okay, they apply meaning to it, but the, what they're applying to it isn't correct. So verse uh, Revelation 3.10, because you have kept my word of about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world 
to try those who dwell on earth. Okay, so first, um, my perspective is that the letters to the seven churches are written to the 144,000 of Israel. Again, check my videos about why I think that. We're not looking at church history. There is nothing in those letters to the seven churches that uh, in within those um, letters says anything about, please apply this to church history. You would never know to do that unless someone had told you that you should do that. And because people um, view it that way, they say this is church history and okay, this is the things that were or are and the things that are we see later in the book of Revelation are the things that will be. And so we have this, you know, used to be is and is future stuff that's coming that John was supposed to write. And so the book of Revelation must be in chronological order with a few exceptions. Actually, the way we're meant to understand the book of Revelation chronologically is in uh, Revelation chapter 1 where John says he was in the Spirit. And I've done videos on what it means to be in the Spirit. According to the book of Ezekiel, being in the Spirit means that you're going to be transferred through space and time. It has nothing to do with chronology. It has to do with uh, anti-chronology. That what we're going to read is not going to be in order because John is going to be transported through time and through space and it's not chronological. He is writing down the visions the way he received them but the way he received them has nothing to do with how they will take place in real time. So this is the the biggest error that people make when they're interpreting Revelation they don't understand what it means to be in the spirit, okay, symbolically, all right. And so we know that what we're looking at here is stuff that's happening not in chronological order. There's other ways that we determine the things that are in chronological order. So the second thing I want to mention here, uh, these people are going to be kept from the hour of trial. If you look at that word hour, there is... Um, multiple references to the word hour. It's going to be used to describe one of two things. Either it's going to be the hour that Jesus is going to come and get this last group of believers and take them in a rapture, or it's referring to the sixth trumpet, the hour, day, month, and year, Okay, when a third of mankind is going to be destroyed. That's the hour we're talking about here, the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world. Not only is a third of mankind, these people here, going to be killed, and we'll, when we get to Revelation 9, the sixth trumpet, um, we'll be talking about this more, but also during that hour trial of trial, it's going to try those who dwell on earth. That is, this group of hybrids. They're going to be affected by that sixth trumpet hour of trial, just like regular humanity, just like regular people are. So the hour of trial here is not a generic hour, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, symbolic hour. Time in Revelation is literal. All units of time are literal. Okay. Numbers that talk about people like 24 elders or even the 144,000 probably isn't 144,000. Um, they'd probably be more than that, could be less. Um, it's a symbolic number. Uh, seven horns on the, the lamb is a reference to the seven spirits of God. And are there seven Holy Spirits? No, there's only one Holy Spirit. But seven is a number that refers to divinity or fullness. So the numbers that are literal are ones that have to do with time. If they're not to be taken at face value, those numbers have no meaning. Okay, and we cannot use them. And I'm I believe they were intended to be used. The five months that the, um, the, the beings from the pit torture humanity, the 1,260 days that the woman is in the wilderness, the three and a half days that the two witnesses lie dead, all of this is literal. If we can't take it literally, how, you know, what's the purpose? Okay, but if we know that these are literal, including a half an hour of silence in heaven, an hour, day, month, and year, that a third of humanity is destroyed and killed, 
Okay, we have to be able to take these literally. And they make sense when we take them literally. And we can follow the trail. So when we see this word hour, it's only going to apply to one of two things. Either the hour that Jesus comes like a thief to take that final group right here. Or it's going to refer to the hour of the sixth trumpet that will happen on the same day as the abomination of desolation that's also referred to as the second woe. So we're going to see this word hour in multiple chapters in the book of Revelation. And it's a fun study to just follow it through and then figure out um, which, uh, which application it is, whether it's the sixth trumpet, a third of mankind is destroyed, or whether it's the one where Jesus comes for that last group of people like a thief in the night. In a previous video on the fifth seal martyrs, uh, which is in Revelation chapter 6, I already talked about how the earth dwellers are going to be responsible for the deaths of believers during this 10 days of tribulation and martyrdom. Revelation 6, 9 and 10. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who'd been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? So there is going to be vengeance on those who dwell on earth. That's the hour of trial that's coming on those who dwell on earth. Some of those people who are the earth dwellers will be killed at the sixth trumpet. We know that the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpets are directed toward the earth dwellers. That's Revelation 8:13. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, woe, 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 to those who dwell on earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Okay, and I talked about these woes in my um, video on Revelation chapter 9. Um, the two witnesses are going to torment the earth dwellers, not all people everywhere. Revelation 11, 9, and 10. For three and a half days, some of the peoples, tribes, and languages, and nations will gaze at their dead bodies. This is talking about after the two witnesses have been killed. And refuse to let them place, be placed in a tomb. Okay, so it says some of these people will, uh, will look at the dead bodies and they're not going to let them be put in a tomb. Verse 10. And those who dwell on earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on earth. Okay. The two witnesses are going to direct their torment toward the earth dwellers, toward the hybrids, and not toward humanity in general. Okay. So that's kind of an aha moment. Uh, we know that the earth dwellers are going to be amazed when they see the beast rise from the dead. Okay, these hybrids are going to be impressed when they see the, the beast be resurrected. Revelation 13, 3. And I saw one of his heads as though it had been smitten unto death. Okay, this is referring to that seventh king. And his death stroke was healed. And the whole earth wondered after the beast. Okay, we're not talking about all peoples, nations, tribes, and tongues. We're talking about the earth dwellers. Okay, the whole earth. And, and this is going to be even more clearly delineated and defined in a couple of the verses that follow here in Revelation 13. We know that these earth dwellers or the hybrids are going to worship the beast. And we're about to read a verse in Revelation 13 that tells us for the first time that their names were never written in the book of life. And this is a clue that they're not truly human. They're not in the book of the generations of mankind. Revelation 13, 8. And all who dwell on the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life belonging to the Lamb who was slain. 
Now, in addition to the beast, who is the Antichrist, the resurrected seventh king, now eighth king, who is indwelt by the beast who ascends from the bottomless pit, who is Apollyon, okay, the beast is not going to be indwelt by Satan. The dragon is going to give the, the beast, who rises from the sea of death, is going to give him his power, his throne, and his great authority. So that's what the dragon is going to do. So the dragon is sort of like um, the fake God the Father. The beast is like the fake God the Son. And the second beast, that is the, the beast from the earth, the false prophet, is the counterfeit Holy Spirit. So the second beast, or the false prophet, will insist that the earth dwellers worship the beast. Okay, And this is why it's a kind of a woe for the earth dwellers. Because up until this point in time, up until the time uh, that the beast begins to reign, they actually had run the earth in collusion with the harlot underneath, the, uh, underneath Satan. But once... Um, the beast begins to reign, the hierarchy is going to be disturbed. So now it's going to be Satan, the dragon, and then the beast, okay, and later uh, we'll read that the image of the beast will be next, and then the earth dwellers, they're going to be pushed down uh, to a lower place in the hierarchy, and they're going to be forced to worship both the beast and the image of the beast. Revelation uh, 13, 11, and 12. And then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. This beast had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. In other words, Satan's words are going to be in his mouth. And this beast exercised all the authority of the first beast. And remember, the dragon's going to give all his authority to his fake son, the beast. And the false prophet is going to exercise all of the, the Antichrist's authority when he's in the presence of, of the uh, Antichrist. So the beast, um, false prophet beast, exercised all the authority of the first beast and caused the earth and all who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose mortal wound had been healed. Okay, and it is a mortal wound. He does die and he does resurrect with Apollyon inside of him. So the earth and those who dwell in it, again, is the earth dwellers. We're not talking about all mankind or all peoples, nations, tribes, and tongues, and so on. We're talking about the earth dwellers, those uh, who, uh, beings who are hybrid. All the hybrids who have never had their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world, they're going to worship the beast. And in addition, the earth dwellers are going to be deceived into making an image to the beast. Okay, The image to the beast will be a perfect reflection, which is what the word image means, a perfect reflection of the beast's nature. The image to the beast is going to be a composite that perfectly reflects the beast, who is a man who has a fallen angel spirit living inside of him. A man who dies and resurrects having a fallen angel spirit inside. One of the sons of God, one of the watchers. All right. So this is the reason why both the beast and those who are in the image of the beast will want a real human. The number of the beast is the number of a man, an anthropos, uh, someone who traced their lineage back to Adam. So the beast is going to be a real human indwelt by Apollyon. So those who are in the image of the beast are going to also be true humans who are indwelt by one of those uh, fallen sons of God who were confined to the pit. True humans who will be made in the image of the beast are counterfeits of believers who are made in the image of Christ. Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. 
for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And Revelation 13, 14. Because of the sign it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast, in other words, the false prophet is going to do these miraculous signs, and because of the signs that he does, those who dwell on earth, these hybrids who aren't omniscient, who don't know everything, who, you know, are, have been deceived all their life about who they are and what their destiny is, they're going to be further deceived. They're going to be deceived by the false prophet, and he's going to tell them to make an image to the beast that had been wounded by the sword and yet lived. So a lot of people say, well, this is a statue. Well, if we were talking about a statue or an idol, there would be a different word that's used here. Okay, and Revelation does use a word for idol, and in Revelation chapter 9, where people don't give up their worship of idols of gold and silver and stone and so on. Here the word is image, and we're meant to use this as a pattern. Mankind was created in the image of God. We were meant to be a reflection of him. Believers are being conformed to the image of Christ. We are image bearers. There are going to be people who are image bearers of the beast. They will be made in the same configuration a human body indwelt by a fallen angel. Up until the time that the beast begins to reign, the harlot, along with the kings of the earth and the earth dwellers, are, will be ruling the earth. And they will have ruled mostly from behind the scenes through hybrid family lines, um, bloodlines, as well as through regular human people who are deceived, and some of them are indwelt by demons. And... These um, earth dwellers will not realize that once the image of the beast has been created and it will be created with their assistance, the, the false prophet is going to compel or deceive the uh, earth dwellers to make this possible, whether through technology or whatever. And they will actually have contributed to their own demotion <laughs> with regard to the hierarchy. In other words, like I said before, the hierarchy is going to change from Satan, the harlot, um, and the earth dwellers are part of that harlot system along with other individuals who are real, real people. But once the harlot is destroyed, and she will be, and the beast will begin to reign. Well, now it's the dragon, Satan, his son, those who are made in the image of his son, and then they will have a much lower place on the, in the hierarchy of who is going to rule during their fake millennium. Everything's counterfeited, okay? There is a counterfeit to every, everything. The earth dwellers will actually have to give place to these image bearers, those who bear the image of the beast. And they will have to worship them and acknowledge that they're higher up on the totem pole and obey them, do what they say, okay, under penalty of death. They can die too if they don't obey the image of the beast. So immediately before the sounding of the sixth trumpet, which is that hour of trial, three angels are going to proclaim God's final message until Christ returns. And once these three angels have delivered their messages, the harlot will be destroyed. This present world system, and the harlot is actually a system. It's a system of control through institutions and organizations, and there's a, it's a very complex system of control. And that's when this system will be destroyed, is at the sixth trumpet, which is the same day as the abomination. It's the same day that the beast is given his authority to rule and reign. Okay, one system will go away in order for the other system to be brought in. So the earth dwellers are going to be warned about this, as well as all the people on the earth. Those three angels are going to warn everybody. Uh, Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying overhead with the eternal gospel. And this means either true news or good news. Now, if you're a regular person, 
this is going to be really good news because the system that's been oppressing you is going to go away. If you're an earth dweller, this may not be such good news, but it is true news. Then I saw another angel flying overhead with the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. A lot of translations do not include the word and. They will just have a... Um, you know, a dash or a colon or something that says that those who dwell on earth, uh, in essence, are these people here. But the actual Greek has the word chi, which is and. Okay, and so the proper translation here is those who dwell on earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. This is the hour of the judgment of the harlot, and we read about that judgment in Revelation 18. And again, in Revelation 18, you'll see that word hour and day, okay, several times. Uh, the kings of the earth and the earth dwellers will have profited from their connections with the harlot or their connections within that harlot system, all these institutions and, and systems of control over the people of the earth. Revelation 18, 1 and 2. Then one of the seven angels with the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on, who sits on many waters. Okay, and later in this chapter, the many waters are peoples and nations and tribes and languages and so on at the, at the end of that chapter. So we know that these are the people that the harlot is sitting on. Who She's been oppressing them. She's sitting on, she's over them. Verse 2, the kings of the earth were immoral with her, and those who dwell on earth were intoxicated with the wine of her immorality. So these people have been um, in cahoots with the harlot, with this system that has been set up since the time of the Tower of Babel. Once the sixth trumpet takes place, the earth dwellers have to shift their loyalty from the harlot and this system that they've been used to working with. And by the way, this system is going to be virtually annihilated, not totally annihilated, but almost all annihilated at that sixth trumpet hour of trial when a third of the earth's population is destroyed. And they're going to have to shift their allegiance from one system to the beast system, the beast who died and was resurrected. Revelation 17, 8. And the beast that you saw, it was, and now is no more, but is about to come up out of the abyss, or the pit, and go to its destruction. Okay, this is the beast who ascends from the bottomless pit. This is Apollyon. Apollyon is in the pit. And those who dwell on earth, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will marvel when they see the beast that was and is not and yet will be. Because these are not true or real humans, the earth dwellers will have never had their names written in the book of life. Both Revelation 13.8 and 17.8 provide us with this very important piece of information. Now, some of the earth dwellers will die at that hour of trial. They'll die along with just regular people who will be killed. And some of them will survive during the reign of the beast. Okay, And they'll worship the beast. And they'll be a part of his deal. They'll have to worship the beast. They'll have to worship the image of the beast as well. Some of them will actually be a part of that great army that shows up at the time of Armageddon. Okay, Revelation 14, 19 through 20. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and gathered the grapes of the earth. There's a really great passage in Deuteronomy that will um, sort of confirm that we're talking about earth dwellers here. Swung his sickle over the earth and gathered the grapes of the earth and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and the blood that flowed from it rose as high as the bridles of the horses for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Revelation 19.15, this is talking about the second coming of Christ. And from his mouth proceeds a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with, a rock, with an iron scepter. And remember, 
different nations are going to come out against the Lord. So there's going to be people from the nations. They will have taken the mark of the beast or worshiped the image of the beast. Okay. And these earth dwellers. And he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. So these um, grapes of earth are thrown into the winepress. And also there's going to be people from the nations People who've taken the mark of the beast. Okay, and if you read Revelation chapter 16, where it talks about the wrath of God, it talks about um, God's wrath coming on men who took the mark. Okay, they break out in sores. The people, men, mankind who's taken the mark. So if you're a man among the nations or you're a human and you've taken the mark, you are now basically lumped in with people who are earth dwellers and fallen angels and so on. Deuteronomy 32, verses 32 through 35. This is Moses back in the day. This is what he's saying. This is prophetic. He's talking about wicked, the wicked, okay? But their vine is the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are poisonous. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the venom of serpents, the deadly poison of cobras. Have I not stored up these things sealed up within my vaults? Vengeance is mine, I will repay. In due time their foot will slip, for their day of disaster is near, and their doom is coming quickly. The grapes of the earth that are thrown into the winepress of God's wrath are the same entities that are from the vine of Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the wine of the venom of serpents. And I'm not talking about the snake bite either, that, that um, thing that went around a few years ago. Uh, you, you can make a connection here, but that's not the connection that Revelation is making, okay? So this is talking about God's vengeance on people basically are of the lineage of serpents okay they're not true humans now some of the earth dwellers won't be a part of this group that's killed at armageddon okay won't be part of the nations that actually shows up at armageddon they're going to be out there scattered among the nations they're there okay the earth dwellers are there and so when jesus comes back and he sets up his millennial kingdom. He's going to have to weed out those people, those fake people. They're, they're not really people, the hybrids. And he's going to have to um, get rid of them. In Matthew 25, and I'm going to read verses 31, 32, and 41. This is when we have the judgment of the sheep. That is people from the nations who will go into the kingdom and repopulate during the millennium. They'll populate the nations during the millennium. And the judgment of the goats who are not human. All right, and I'm going to leave uh, a link to a, an email that I got from uh, a brother. And he, he goes through the words that are translated as goats in the Bible. And this word that Jesus is using right here for the goats is a, is a new word that he sort of invented. It's only used uh, once in, in the New Testament. And basically what we're looking at here is goat demons. Okay, We're not looking at like sacrificial goats or the animal that's a goat. We're looking at non-human um, entities who have infiltrated humanity. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Okay, this is obviously a reference to when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom. And all the nations will be gathered before him. Okay, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So the sheep are real people. From the nations and interspersed among those people are people who aren't really people they're hybrids they're the earth dwellers and he's gonna allow the sheep to go into the kingdom and then it says this then he will say to those on his left who are the goats depart from me you who are cursed 
Okay, there is a curse on these earth dwellers into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, they are not real people. Okay, I'll, I'll leave a link to this article because I think you'll find it interesting. So here's where we get kind of messed up. And there's a teaching that is, it, it is the, the prevalent teaching out there. It, and that is that during the seals and trumpets and bowls that God is pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world. That is not true. God does not pour his wrath out on an unbelieving world. His wrath during the time of the end is focused on getting rid of fallen angels, um, demons, and hybrids. He does not want any of those beings to influence people during his reign. He doesn't want them here. He does want people, though, who are just regular people from the nations, regular people who can go in and populate uh, the millennium. Otherwise, who's left? If God is judging humanity, fallen people who haven't accepted Jesus, if he's judging them during the tribulation, there will be nobody left to be a part of the millennium. And we know that the judgment on the world is going to be like the days of Noah. One is taken and one is left. In other words, there are people who are left they're not all going to be judged. And in fact, the people who are judged are not, um, they're either not real people, that is, they're hybrids, or they're real people who took the mark of the beast and worshiped the beast, who decided to become a part of that kingdom, or they're real people who laid down their life so that they could become demigods and made in the image of the beast. Okay, but it's not on fallen humanity, okay, who's rejected Christ. It's His wrath is not on a Christ-rejecting world. His wrath is on the fallen angels, the hybrid earth dwellers, the people who take the mark, and the people who are made in the image of the beast. And all of these are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Satan will be put in the pit all by himself until the thousand years are over. And once the thousand years are over, he's going to be released. But it's just him, okay? And not all the demons and the um, the sons of God and the fallen angels. He's by himself. And he's going to actually be able to deceive a bunch of people, um, get a leader, Gog, and uh, try to do this thing all over again. But at that point in time, it's fire will come down from heaven, and that will be that. And he'll Satan will be thrown into the... Uh, lake of fire as well. But Jesus does not want to have all these entities that are influencing the earth during his reign. And real people are not going to be judged until the great white throne judgment. Non-believers are not judged until the great white throne judgment. Okay, I'll just say it again. Non-believers are not going to be judged during this time we call the tribulation. They're going to be judged at the great white throne judgment. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Because we're believers, we already passed from death to life. Christ died on the cross. He took our punishment for us. We will never pass into that kind of judgment. But the people who are among the nations who will be resurrected at the, um, you know, at the end of the millennium, they will have to stand before the Lord. That's when the judgment of non-believers takes place. And if their name is in the book of life, uh, they'll go on to live on the new earth. And they'll be judged by the things that they did. And so their position on the new earth it will be um, determined by their life here. And there are people who are going to be kings on the new earth Okay, once the new earth is created. And chances are they're going to be kings because they were very righteous people, even though they were not born again. Okay, they maybe never never knew the Lord, maybe never heard about him, but they were righteous people. And the blood of Christ is efficacious for the saving of the whole world. Okay, and God 
wants to save as many people as possible. Some of us are going to live on the New Jerusalem. We have a place of honor. We're going to be in the image of Christ. And there are other people who will who will just be people, but they'll be um, people the way God had originally intended uh, when he created man in the first place. To sum this up, since the time before the flood, certain entities have desired to rule the world and only added to the sinfulness of mankind. And Christ is not going to allow these beings to interfere in any way with his perfect rule during the millennium. All the fallen sons of God, all the fallen angels, all the demons, all the hybrids, and anyone who's taken the mark of the beast or worshiped the beast must be confined in their final destination in the lake of fire before Christ sets up his millennial reign. So um, I hope this hasn't been too weird for you. I, you know, I'm really not a crazy person. Um, I'm just reading the Bible and telling you what it says to the best of my understanding at this point in time. So leave a comment in the comments section and we'll see you on another video. Till then, have a very blessed day.